This is uh, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is episode 82. That's right, 82. Or, for our uh, Roman fans out there, it's, uh, uh, what's 50? 50 is, uh, D is 500. C is 100. Oh, C is L- for cookie. L X X X I I L X X X I I. That's what episode we are on. So 82, 82 L X X X I I. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to feel mighty dumb. So uh, we're here today with uh, me. I'm here, obviously, because otherwise, how would I be talking? But I'm also here with uh, the. Uh, I don't know. How do I describe her? She's wearing a blue fuzzy zip-up thingy, and she's ironborn, and she's Agent Nicole. Greetings, everybody. That was weird. Well, you went with hi. I said, hello. Yeah, you went hello. You thought I was going to say welcome, but I did not. No. If Matt was here, I would say welcome, Matt, but (laughs) Matt is not here, probably because everyone walks all over him. We are also joined, of course, by uh, the lady who likes to drink booze in my house. She uh, snuggles the cats under the electric blanket and uh, also um, once in a while she will indulge in a beverage of a spirituous nature. She is Ashes Von Nightmare. I do enjoy whiskey every now and then. That was a better intro than last week's. Yeah, thank you for not calling me an ass. <laughs> Asses von nightmare. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> You're so cute. Don't poke oh, her. Oh my at god. Them. I Leave did. What low. did we talk about this week? We you said, said we we're going to keep your hands to yourself. No, you said that. I said you're so cute. One of these days she's going to break your hand. No, she won't. And I laugh. One of these days it's just going to be Agent Nicole and I doing the podcast because Patsy's going to be dead. Because that, w- <laughs> if that happened, how you know, I make a lot of money juggling, and if she broke my hand, well, how am I going to juggle? I mean, we wouldn't have to worry about science facts. I mean, we have a a scientist in the room. This is true. Uh, yeah. And I can say funny things, so we're good. And um, no. we have Wolfie, and Wolf- he's always awesome. Thank you for ruining his introduction. Yeah, we have Wolfie. Yeah, that's right. Johnny Wolfenstein is here in Castle Wolfenstein, which uh, seems to make some sense. Yeah, it's crazy how that worked out. It just happened to be named the same. I know. Like the place isn't named after him. Like we just happened to like be here when. Uh oh, Ashes is. Touching my phone and changing things. What? Sorry, Uh-oh. I need a tissue. Consarn it. So we today are discussing some things and some stuff as I try to recombobulate myself. So do you here. want me to tell since you're kind of... All right, I'm recombobulated. I got okay. it. So today we are discussing a character from the 2017 Edgar Wright written and directed film mm-hmm. Bobby Driver. Baby, B-A-B-Y, baby. All right. I just wanted to make Nicole do that. Yeah, Baby Driver, and we are discussing the titular character, Driver. There we're discussing... Ryan Gosling? (laughs) No, that's just just Drive, but we will get to Ryan Gosling. So, Mars, it's okay to have your pants off. 
I mean, mine are off, so. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded like a sad cat. Um, Yuck. So, what we thought we'd do, because uh, one of the uh, character traits of Baby is that he listens to a lot of music to block out his tinnitus. So, we're going to talk about uh, all of our ear infections that we've ever had. <laughs> I think I have one now. Is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about, right? Because like, we, we have to identify with the character. Wait, no. That's not what we're doing. We're talking about songs we like to play during driving. If we were to commit a heist, what would we listen to? Yeah, like yeah. our killer tracks. Our heist list, yeah. So we each came up with uh, five songs, and of course we each have a... Uh, an honorable mention. I thought you didn't have one. Oh, I came up with one. I came up with a good one because, uh, you know, I'm good at coming up with songs that are good. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with my honorable mention because this is a song I listened to a lot as a kid. I listen to it now. Uh, I believe we had it at our wedding because this is just one of the uh, one of the best songs from one of my favorite groups. And so let me kick this in here. Oh, that's right. A little bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire. The song title is Fantasy. Now, the reason I chose this song is because in addition to having just a fucking amazing bass line, it's just, just imagine, like, you've just committed a heist, and, like, this song comes on, your head starts, heart's bopping, and you're like, yeah, and you're driving, and you're, you're you're strumming along with the steering wheel, and you just start rocking out in the car, and you start singing. I'm not gonna. You thought I was. I, really I kind of thought you were going to. Yeah. But I decided not to. But this is just one of my all-time favorite songs. So it just makes sense that this would be my, uh, my uh, honorable mention. So... Um, I'm not the only one who who has picked songs here. Isn't that right? That is correct. We all picked songs. So, Ashes. Yes. um, Oh, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my honorable mention is a song that um, I love. And it is a lot of fun to jam out to in the car. It's a lot of fun to air guitar to. Uh, it was also played at our wedding. This is I true. sing this song to you quite frequently. Um, just go ahead and hit play. <laughs> it is I Believe in a Thing Called Love by The Darkness. Not only is it a killer song, but it has a fan-fucking-tastic video to go along with it. I love it. Can't explain all the feelings that you're making me feel. My heart's in overdrive and you're behind the steering wheel. Boom. Touching you. Touching me. I'll spare you guys, but um, it's such a fun song. And, like, <laughs> and if you're like trying to get yourself in the mood to just kind of go out and 
cause some shenanigans like that's the perfect song in my opinion one of the perfect songs perfect enough to get an honorable mention can i just say that first of all as a music lover i had a really hard time (laughs) dwindling my list down to just five which is why i'm really glad that we're doing honorable mentions no i agree i had a hell of a time too like there's so many songs i actually had to cut out a bunch because I could have probably had a. Oh, I, I, I could know. probably do like at, at just a bajillion. Like they say in the movie, could drive back and forth across the country and still never run out of songs. Yeah. So what about you, Agent Nicole? Um, so my honorable mention, I decided to do something a little bit different. Um, so the songs that I have that will go our top five are a little bit more heavy, a lot of rock. This one I kind of mellowed out. It's actually one of my absolute favorite songs. I enjoy singing it on my... Um, Away to the podcasting studio yeah. several times. Yeah, like tonight I did like three times. Um, it's from the their 1992 album, Bigger, Better, Faster, More. Four non-blondes, what's up? Oh, this is such a good song. Not the He-Man version. No, not the He-Man version. Linda Perry is a brilliant yes, songwriter. She- I just, it, I just, I just feel so mellowed out. And then, as you're going through the song, you get really into it. You get start to get vocal. You just, you feel the pain. You scream from the top of your lungs. Yep, I do. And it's just, I listened to it a lot when I was in high school. Destination. And I figure, like, if we were at a heist and, like, I'm trying to be, like, the lookout, I would play something kind of mellow. You would not be our lookout. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, just what's up? Like, you know, just, re- you know, try to play it cool. I wouldn't mellow in there. Yeah, it's, like, mostly in the middle part of the song. I start just powerful and everything. Just powerful and just start screaming from the top of my lungs. And oh, there's something about her vocals that are just amazing. Like, she yeah. delivers, especially on this song, you know. Yeah. It's good. Good that's, choice. Thank you. That's what's up. So I am going to get to my number five. Okay. This is a song that if you're a fan of The Office... Uh, Michael said that once that he had Count Choculitis, uh, and that is the name of this song. This is Count Choculitis by one of my favorite bands and one of Ashley's favorite bands. Uh, this is Motionless and White. And what I like about this song is that you have like this buildup, and like it's it's so good, but then it, it starts. To really kick in right about now. You get that fucking double bass. Oh! Yeah, if you're being chased from police, this is my like one of my number one workout songs. Like if I'm on the on the goddamn elliptical, oh man, I can get up to like two, three miles an hour with this thing going. So and such great lines. You, what you once were my sanctuary, and now you are my prison. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I really fucking dig that song. So, uh, Ashes. 
So for my number five, so for all of my songs, I chose songs that I really like to drive to and songs that I really like to lip sync to. Um, And my number five song, so if I'm going to be heisting, I don't know if that's a word, heisting. Hashtag heisting. heisting. Um, But if I'm going to be like causing a, a ruckus and doing stuff, potentially murdering people, I need a song that's going to get me in the mood for murder. I chose the Misfits last caress. Doesn't matter much to me as long as it's dead. Like, come on, some punks, some misfits, like that's gonna get me in the mood. I love this song. I love old school misfits, like it just really does it good. for me. All right. And uh, Agent Nicole, you have a number five selection. Do yes, you not? I do. Um, so I, um, th- this is one of my favorite bands, um, Metric, um, from their 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 um, fourth Metric. album that came out in 2009, Fantasies, their fourth single that came out, um, Gold Gun Girls. <laughs> Oh, yes. yes I forgot Metric was a thing. Yes, they're still a thing. I, I used mean, to love these guys. They kind of mellowed out a little bit, but Fantasies is probably my favorite album from them. Emily Haynes is just phenomenal. Um, she's got a beautiful voice. And the guns in the world get you off. Um, it's just, it's the drums in the background and the video is they're all running in New York City yeah, they like are. as they are like committing a crime and feel it's such a good pumped up music that really gets you into um a heist this will especially be good if you're stealing gold yep and some guns and some girls well you would need the guns yeah and you need some girls well you would bring the girls with you to help with the heist Oceans, what is it? Oceans 8 now? I'm so looking forward to that movie. Is it Oceans 8? It is Oceans 8. Yes. Yes. That should be there on that. Phenomenal cast. I'm so excited. So for my next song, this is a song that was very popular when I was um, younger. uh, So a bajillion years ago. (laughs) When I was a sophomore in high school, this is a song I used to play before uh, football practice, football games. And I also like it because there's a shit ton of great white shark footage in this. We're talking, of course, <laughs> of course, about the Deftones' My Own Summer. Okay. If it'll... Because this is one of those songs that, like, it starts off kind of, you know, it gives you a, a hint or a preview and it's basically the video if you've never seen it is basically just these guys you know the Deftones Chino and his buddies just sitting on like these little flotate it almost looks like they're standing on the top of shark cages while they're playing their instruments and it's just footage of great white sharks swimming around attacking like bait and you know crashing into shark cages and this is really one of the first songs I ever listened to that had like really heavy screaming lyrics that kind of set the stage for some of the stuff that I listen to now, which is odd because like as I'm getting older, I'm listening to harder and harder music, uh, like 
the stuff like the, the motionless and wide I just played, that's not something that I would have played when I was younger. Uh, because I was like, oh, that's just yelling and it's no help. And here comes the good part. You get that with the sharks and everything. Oh, yeah. And everyone knows I'm uh, rather partial to sharks. So who's next? You're next. I'm next. What's the... Um, so my number four is a really fun song. It reminds <laughs> me a lot of my dad. I love this song. It's just... I mean... I, I can't... I could describe it, but like I could just play it for you, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. It is Ballroom Blitz by Sue. Not Crucial Taunt? No. <laughs> Are you ready, Steve? You're trying to hype yourself up Like this is the perfect song Like Especially if you go with Andy and Mick Yeah, yeah. right oh, it's been getting so hard Living with the things you do to me It's like a really good song to air guitar too I used so to own this song on Guitar Hero yeah. Like this was my jam Love it! Like oh, it's such a good one. It's, it's one of those songs that if I'm driving, I really have to watch myself because I have the tendency to kind of step on the gas a little bit more. <laughs> well, because I'm just too busy. Like, not that I'm not paying attention to the road, but I'm, I'm paying a little more attention to um, the rocking of the out versus you know the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't blame you. It's such a good one, Agent Nicole. I am unfamiliar with your number four. So number four, I had to put them in my list just because they're one of i love swedish rock bands the sounds <gasps> this the but sounds. no it's not the sounds this it's is not the, the hives <gasps> oh the i only hives. know tick tick boom tick tick boom was gonna be one of them but it was on I a madden just, game there's so many good songs just howling pele and i mean christopher dangerous who is the drummer of the hives he's fucking kick-ass, badass. He gets you in the mood, especially with um, Nicholas Arson with the... Yeah. This is from their fifth album, 2012, Let's Say Hi. Midnight Shifter, sorry. Midnight Shifter. Pele, he's got such a wonderful voice. He howls at you. He's such an entertainer on vocals. And it's kind of, kind of like a rock, rock and roll, like kind of something you would see in like the sixties. And I, I don't know, maybe it, it's a little weird. I, it's just something that I really enjoyed. Um, kind of have a Stones vibe to them a yeah, little bit. Them, yeah. But this album, their fifth album, they kind of got away from being um, 
in label. So this is kind of their independent. This was all self-funded. And, you know, they still got it after 20 plus years. You know, they're still making music. And I just I love the hives. So, yeah, Midnight Shifter. Sometimes I break out in hives. I know. <laughs> so for my number three, I went, I think it's a bit cliche. I mean, it's not Rush Tom Sawyer, but it's definitely cliche. And I, of course, went with ACDC Thunderstruck. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, because this has one of the best buildups in yeah. all of music yeah. history. It's definitely enough to get you riled up. I mean, it was a toss-up between this and Welcome to the Jungle, which I wanted to throw one cliche on. Welcome to the Jungle is extremely cliche, I think. So I think this is like a step down from that. But like, it's pretty iconic, yeah. Well, I was talking just about like, you know, the build-up and like the opening guitar solo. Like, yeah. So you got to go with uh, Thunderstruck at number three. Anytime I think of ACDC, it's always associated with Iron Man <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the song he played when he was no, coming I know. in. So, I, know. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Ashes. Okay. So for my number three, um, I wanted to choose a song that at this point, you know, I'd probably be getting ready for the big getaway. So something that could kind of get me riled up, make me feel, you know, like I am wanted. Yeah, let's do this. And it is Cherry Bomb by The Runaways. I almost put um, The Runaways on my list. I love The Runaways. And stay at home, can't stay at school. Did we not see Joan Jett perform this song? Yes, we did a couple summers ago. Um, if you don't know me, like I'm a huge Joan Jett fan, so I wanted to choose something that, um, yeah, I, I had to put a Joan Jett song on my list because Joan Jett always gets me riled up. But there's something about the Runaways, like all of these pretty much underage girls just running around being, you know, too hot to trot. Like it's just. There's something so risque about it and so just wrong. So wrong. And I had to put the Runaways on my list. Yeah. Good. So for my number three. um, This is one I'm not familiar with either. Yeah. But the video is really good because it has no fielding in it. (gasps) That's what I thought. Is this the video that actually helped inspire Baby Driver? No, it's not. It's not. This. Yeah. Because looking at it. I just put in the name of the song, and I had to filter through a lot of stuff in order to find this. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you explain? So from this band, um, an English band from Leicester, uh, England, Kasabian. It's one of my recent, over the years, favorite bands. From their third album, 2009, West Rider, Paper Lunatic Asylum, Vlad the Impaler. Um, the beginning by Sir, Sir Sergio, who's the rhythm guitarist and one of the lead vocals. Yes, and that's Noel Fielding, right? Yeah, Noel, Noel Fielding. Fielding. He really kind of. They're really good friends, Sergio and Noel Fielding. And um, Vlad the Impaler is kind of the inspiration to Dracula. And well, yeah, Vlad Dracula. Yeah. So it's just. I love Tom, who's the lead vocalist, but Sergio is really what makes the city 
and they really build up to the music. And um, Ian Matthews, who plays the drums, they really lead it up, and then you get to the chorus shortly. But the video, they're so artistic, and the lyrics are really great. They make references to Joker with Ledger. And it's a short song. It's only like a little over two minutes. Yeah, but it really packs a lot of punch when you get, you know, gets you built up. It definitely and gives then, me a 70s horror yeah. vibe, like and Dario then, Argento. Yeah, and then it really starts to build up. And then you really start to rock it. And it's, just, it's such a good song. It's I even giving me like a Rob Zombie feel. Yeah, the video yeah. is really good. With no fielding running around and paling people. <laughs> but um, Spoiler. Hey, it's Kasabian's such a great band, and they're such a good heavy rock band, and they're just they get you in the mood. And this song, like, it's hard picking songs from like bands that you love because there's so many good ones. But when I first uh, first ever listened to Kasabian, Vlad the Impaler was the first song I ever, so I had to put that song on. My number two is a song that I've seen live many times, and I'm kind of surprised that Ashes doesn't have it on her list because it's one of our favorite songs. And if we ever have a girl, her name will be Abigail. This is Abigail by Motionless and White. But I just there was again. It was so difficult. Yeah, we've seen this live a few times. It's phenomenal. The music video is kind of based on uh, the, the cruci- Scarlet Letter. Uh, no, the Crucible. Crucible. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, Nathaniel Crucible. Hawthorne. Yeah. So that's my number two. Uh, Ashes, uh, what's... Uh... So my number two, I wanted to throw in something super fun and cheesy, something <laughs> to kind of lighten the mood. Um, and I was like, you know what? If I was driving a getaway car and we were like uh, maybe potentially going to die or maybe potentially going to get caught or just something to kind of take my mind off of things so I could focus a little more on not dying and driving. Um, go ahead, hit play. You'll know what it is in two seconds. They're very British. That car is stopping. They definitely do look like hookers. It was a toss-up between this one and Spice Up Your Life. And I decided to go OG Spice Girls and choose Wannabe. They're entering the party now. I forgot this video was so long. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite. I want Jerry's outfit in this video. The sparkly leotard. I love it. I have one. Yo, we'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really want. Sing it, sing ah. If you want my future. Okay. So. Side note, fun fact, um, in middle school, I was actually in a Spice Girls tribute group. 
<laughs> I was the Jerry of the group, so I sang all of Jerry's parts. And the ginger, and like, the, the ginger spice. Um, yeah. And so when Ginger Spice quit the group, I was thrown out. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Aww. They're like, we don't need you anymore. That so bye. Sporty girl is jacked, huh? Yeah, well, that's why she's sporty spice. Sporty yeah, but mask. I thought like maybe she just like played tennis and stuff. No, she's like, always been jacked. Yeah, she's got Built. some arms. She was my favorite. Um, so Nicole, you're into murderers. <laughs> so this is really fun. So number two and number three have a connection. So number two, uh, number three, which was Kasabian. Linda Kasabian was part of the uh, Charles Manson gang. So my number two. Manson family. Manson family. They were very close. Well, anyways, so for number two is kind of one of the songs that kind of Charles Manson believed was talking to him. And I'm talking about ninth from the ninth album from the Beatles, 1968's white album, Helter Skelter. I got a blister. As Ringo would say, it's huge on my own. This, this song was about seven minutes long, but then they kind of, no, 21 minutes long and seven seconds, but they definitely cut it down. It's the Beatles is something that is what connects me to my dad. We love the Beatles and Helter Skelter is a tribute from Paul McCartney to all the critics that said that, you know, all he does is write lovey-dovey songs. And so um, Paul McCartney was inspired by The Who from they had written a song that was so ditty, uh, dirty and crude. So this was kind of a fuck you to the critics from Paul McCartney with Helter Skelter. Yeah, I can see that. Now, we're getting into everybody's number one. And my number one... Now you've heard some, that was a really horrible drum roll. I apologize. You've heard some hardcore stuff so far, but is it Michael Jackson? This is maybe the most hardest of the oh, hardcore. So it's not Michael Jackson. I've ever heard. You're not going to guess it, but okay. like if I'm being chased by police and there's a gunfight, this is the song I want playing. No, that's, yeah, I had to throw that in there because uh, it's a Simpsons reference because in the uh, episode Marge on the Lamb, where she teams up with uh, Ruth Powers and she's like, oh, you look nice. Ruth goes, tonight's not about nice. Tonight's all about, and she puts a tape in the tape deck and it's playing that song. She's like, oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, I meant this one. And she flips it over and it's... Uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Well, later on in the episode, when <laughs> when uh, when Marge is you know being uh, chased by Homer and Police Chief Wiggum, he's like, "Oh, I have chase music or whatever," and he puts in the tape, and it's Sunshine, it's Leslie Gore, and they're all singing to it. So it's kind of funny. No, my number one um, is a song with perhaps the greatest guitar riff. Of all time, but the guy did not want credit in the music video because he thought that the song would be a massive bomb. Like, he didn't think it was going to be popular at all. And that song is, of course, is, of course, 
beat it by Michael Jackson. And isn't that um, Eddie Van Halen? Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Let's see if I can jump ahead to the guitar solo. I'm trying to jump ahead. I'm like, right here. This is this is the guitar solo that Eddie Van Halen did that he did not want to play in the video because he didn't think the song was going to be any good. <laughs> The, the funny thing about that is, like, anyone who knows Van Halen or is a fan, like, it's clear that that's Eddie. No one else sounds like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. But, yeah, Beat It by Michael Jackson, my number one driving song. So, uh, um, let's see. So, Ashes, you have, you have one that you want to do because you like to do songs about things. You're horrible at songs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like yes, trying to keep so, my train of thought while like typing things in. Yeah, so my number one, I knew that my number one song was going to be by this particular band. Um, one of my favorite bands, unfortunately, not together anymore. Oh, and yeah, I, I, really I know what it is. decided to take one off of their first album the it's just i mean just play it because it's just so electric Uh. like live wire by motley Crue. like i was waiting for motley Crue to show up on your list it was either gonna be this or kickstart my heart and i was like you know what my heart is a cliche one So you went away from the cliche. Yeah, but but I mean, just like, listen, this is another one that if I'm driving, I really have to watch the speed limit, watch what I'm doing, because I just kind of go off. When I started, funny story, is when I was in high school, when I started to drive, one of the albums I got was uh, Montley Crue, like the kind of like best of albums. Oh my God. And I had... I had a Mercury Tracer. You can't rock that hard with a Mercury Tracer. (laughs) I have to add another one to my, um, to my, and I think your, uh, Ashes, your honorable mention too, because this is one, even the covers of this song uh, are amazing. But again, I thought this was going to be cliche. Actually, I was thinking of Black Sunshine by Rob Zombie. I was thinking um, of more human than human with White Zombie. That's a good one, too. Also, this. Rammstein. Yes, because uh, it's amazing. But, okay, well, um, let's get to Nicole's number I one. I am. I'm, I'm trying to stall here. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. So my number one, it, which is really, it's sad because we lost him about a year ago. Um, today or tomorrow, which is two two Thursdays ago, and a couple um, of days ago was his birthday. Was his birthday, and this is um, one year since his passing. Um, I went with David Bowie, and I went with um, a really great song from the nineteen eighty two film Cat People. The song Cat People putting out fire, and the first time I heard it was when I watched the two thousand and nine Inglorious Bastards with um, Quentin Tarantino where Melody Laurent is preparing in the fifth act, the fifth act of, you know, the, uh, you know, putting on the lipstick and she's ready to take down some, some bad Nazis. 
So uh, all Nazis are all bad. All Nazis. All Nazis. Really I know bad. some people say that some of them are good people, but uh, all Nazis are bad. But, like, the slow buildup of, like, just you get ready for that entrance. David Bowie, in general, is such a beautiful man, such a beautiful musician. We just watched something recently where this song was playing with somebody putting on makeup. (laughs) And all I could do was, like, holy shit, they do the exact same song in the exact same situation. Yeah. What movies did we just watch over? I mean, in Glorious Bastards, that's that's one. That's where the oh yeah, that's the first time. Uh, she's... Oh, horns. Was it in horns? It they might have been horns. Bowie and horns. Might have been horns. What was the other one we watched? Sometimes I listen to it when I get baby ready driver, for uh... horns. It's definitely not a baby driver. Fear. No, it's not baby driver. Where we watch baby driver. We watch horns. What else did we Don't watch? We watched like three movies that day. While we enjoy Bass in the Love of Beautiful David Bowie. You've been so long. There's a, there's a scene where the, there's a girl and she's putting makeup on and this song is playing. And I've been putting on fire. I go find that for you. So that's our, uh, for each of us, that's our top five plus a couple of honorable mention thrown in uh, songs that we would be, uh, we would be listening to if we were driving around uh, before, during, and after a heist. So our heist list, to, to put it shortly. We would love to hear your heist songs. Uh, you know, shoot us a, a message in the, the Facebook group or on Twitter. Um, and I will actually be putting our heist list up on my Spotify. So I'll link that if you guys have Spotify. And I'll make a list of all of our songs so you guys can put them on your playlist if you want to get heisty with us. Get heisty <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah, so... There we go. Yeah, so maybe we should go on a break. Yeah, I think so. Because we have to talk about baby, B A B Y, baby. Yes. From 2017's Edgar Wright, written and directed, Baby Driver. Yeah, because he's awesome at that. Yes, he is. So, all right. So let's uh, go ahead. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll discuss baby. Monster hunting, electro shock band, the 
Insights. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> Hello, we are back. Hello, pickle. And Hello, pickle. Oh my ears! <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about baby. And Nicole, I'm going to turn this over to you because you saw this 27 times in the theater. Is that correct? <laughs> um. Well, 27 divided by three. So nine times. Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> 27 divided by 9. So, three times. I saw them... Okay. Oh, my God. Stop. Make up your mind. So, um, last year, I was extremely excited for Baby Driver. I love Edgar Wright. He's one of my absolute favorite directors. And I was really excited for this film. I just... Because I knew it was something different from what Edgar Wright has done. It's something... It's a written material and directed material of his like a double wham uh, not double whammy but a double a dose of awesomeness and the cast list I'm a huge Downton Abbey fan and so Lily James who plays Deborah Baby's uh, love interest is in it so I got into that plus fucking John Hamm's in it like, you can't and John Bernthal and John Bernthal um, I, I saw it I think opening week and then I fell in love with it to the point where I ended up finding on eBay one of the theatrical posters, like one of the original, like early ones, where the release day, release date was originally for August, but they released in June. And then I took a friend to go see it, and then I went to see it again. I really enjoy this film. It there's just so many components to it that just makes it such a wonderful film. It's well written. The acting is phenomenal, and. A huge part of it is the music and how music is incorporated into the film with every beat, every rhythm, every walk, every gun shoot. It's just so full of amazingness. It's lyrical and musical. Like yes. even the gunfights yeah, like, it's, chime in with the music. Yeah, they really had to get the beats down for that because of you know limited shooting and just wanting to make sure that every gunshot was in time with the music that was going i think that's in the tequila scene as um the tequila song it's in all of them like even the the shootout at the end and it's not just that i think it it speaks to who baby is Mm -hmm. as uh as a character because Mm -hmm. like everything like he when they argue about the mike myers mask yeah (laughs) because they don't understand the difference yeah um he has to start his music yeah. over so he can get into a proper Song, rhythm. Neat, 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 yeah. Which kind of 
gets me into my theory about who baby is that I'll save for not quite yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, like everything, even like when he's walking down the street after the first heist yeah. and the lyrics for the song yeah, that he's listening to are like on the wall or on yeah. the trees. Yeah. Um, it's just such a wonderful film. And I listen to the soundtrack pretty regularly because the music is just amazing. It has all sorts of, you know, time and how much, you know, baby's influence from his foster father is in there to probably all the songs from all the iPods he took from cars. So this is actually your first time seeing it recently for the both of you, correct? Yeah, we just watched it on uh, New Year's Eve. Um, uh, although one thing I just want to say real quick, uh, it was Atomic Blonde. That was the movie with cat people. Oh, yes. I was you saying. hadn't seen that, but I had watched it a couple of weeks ago with our friend Nick, who does the YouTube videos. So that's where... I got. I, I was getting confused. I couldn't remember that scene. Why are you asking me about a movie I haven't even <laughs> seen? Because I thought it was a movie you had seen. I knew it was something I had seen recently. But uh, back to what Nicole was saying. That's what regarding- marriage is, ladies <laughs> yes. and gentlemen. You know that movie that I saw that you didn't see? That, that scene? Yes. Yes. Marriage. Uh, asking about what Nicole said regarding the music. Uh, for my money, um, Aside from Quentin Tarantino, nobody scores a movie like Edgar Wright. Correct. Like, I'd, I'd put him one in one A. And the thing is, before we get to your first impressions, Edgar Wright actually went to Quentin Tarantino to ask him, you know, he read the script and figure like, what songs could I use? And there was a song called Deborah that Quentin Tarantino wanted, was like, hey, you should listen to it. But actually, the song Deborah was about a bitch. So... And um, Edgar Wright was like, ah, not going to happen. But he, you know, he thanked Quinn Tarantino for being a part of the film. But also, Edgar Wright had this soundtrack before anything happened with the movie. He had this. He probably had it in his head. He had it in his head. He had it since 1995. He knew what he wanted for the music. And he made sure before they started production that they had all the licensing and everything so that they could use it. So, but anyways, that's just side notes and a little trivia. But no, nothing wrong with first, that. first impressions. What did you guys think? I liked it a lot, um, and because we're talking about this, um, I think Baby has some form of autism, be based on his uh, the specificity of music, his. A constant, never-ending supply of sunglasses. Always having, you know. I know they explain that he has tinnitus yeah. from a car accident when he's a kid, but he's always got earbuds in. Um, it's very rare that he doesn't. Yeah. Um, but like he's a creature of habit. Like I do this, and then I do this, and then I do this. Like, um, he's very particular about how he does things, how he dresses. Like he has a bunch of different outfits, but they're all essentially the same. Um, even when he tries to go undercover, he basically just wears a similar outfit over what he's wearing, just a different color. So um, that's what I got from that. Plus his ability to... Um, he... Um, he's not paying attention to what's going on. He's listening to his music, but he still knows every single detail of the plan. Yep. So, yeah, that's that was my first. I don't know about uh, uh, 
you. Scruffy over here. Um, I loved it. I was definitely down for the hype of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to see it. You know, obviously being a fan of Edgar Wright's films, yeah. I thought the cast was brilliant. Um, uh, side note, John Hamm. <laughs> John Hamm. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly like I, I gave into the hype but I was also pleasantly surprised um, at just how everything worked well together uh, I am a sucker for a good soundtrack and obviously this movie has it I loved how pretty much everything every tiny movement every gunshot every footstep even when people are speaking they are speaking in rhythm they are speaking in time um I just thought that was a really nice touch. And obviously there's like these little Edgar Wright-isms in yeah. there. Um, the opening sequence with Baby is just brilliant with the graffiti and everything, mm. giving the song lyrics. And I just thought it was so cool that, you know, th- there are little things throughout the movie that, you know, if you're really paying attention, you're going to catch Um I just it was so well done. I really, really, really liked how they his tinnitus, his hearing loss, and um his foster father Joseph, yeah. uh who was played by an actual was deaf and who was played by an actual deaf person, uh CJ Jones, I believe. Correct. Um I just really loved how they made that part of the movie and they actually brought a little bit of deaf deaf culture into the movie as well and Ansel Eggert is that how yeah. you say it? Yep. Ansel Eggert yep. um, learned sign yep. to communicate you know with him through not only on screen but off screen as as well yeah uh, which I thought was just so beautiful so um, you know my sister's deaf and when she saw that CJ Jones was going to be in this she's like I have to see it yeah, so um, one of my favorite parts of the film we'll be we'll be having a movie night spread soon. the peanut butter all the way to the edge yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but I just I loved how they didn't shy away from that they made mm-hmm. they brought that to the forefront that was actually part of you know it was a plot point yeah um, and it was just so nice to see yeah. that that type of you know disability uh, being shown in kind of a positive light. I mean, they both have disabilities too, and for them to have a family together is just really heartwarming. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. Like, no, that's okay. It's just it's really nice to see you know like they you know there's different families out there, and some families have special stuff to him and just like that with cj jones as joseph and ansel with his um tinnitus and you know the idea that he might be autism autistic you know i have to say though every time they said something about tinnitus all i could think of was archer (laughs) oh my tinnitus (laughs) yeah um so a little backstory so the inspiration of Baby Driver, um, Edgar Wright conceived Baby Driver in 1995 while living in North London after listening to the song Bell Bottom, which is the first song you hear in the film by the John Spencer Blues Explosion. Wright envisioned a bank robbery and the car chase, which is, you know, becomes the first scene. And throughout that, um, 
it's something that Edgar Wright wanted to do, a project that he's been longing to do for so many years. And he, um, from what I've researched, you know, he used his ties with Working Title, which did a lot of his films, the Cornetto Trilogy, 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 to really kind of up this uh, project. And kind of like a little... um, uh, kind of like a little, um, uh, what's the word? Kind of like a kind of a sh- small showcase of what the film might be. Um, in twenty, uh, well, there's a song by um, Mint Royals Blue Song, which stars No Fielding in it, um, and it has uh, Nick Frost, who's a big part of a lot of Edgar Wright's Wright's um. Yeah, he's like the 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 buddy in yeah. all the buddy films. Uh, yeah, the Mighty Boosh guys are in there. Julian Barrett Barrett is in there, and another guy from the space and everything. They're spaced, yeah, spaced. Um, which is um, most of that a, cast was in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, so they directed a um a music video vehicle uh, vehicle video blue song by Mint Royal, which was directed by. Uh, Richard Arwadi, who's, you know, works a lot with No Fielding and a lot of these guys. And it's basically kind of as a music loving getaway driver, which is No Fielding's um, character in the um, music video, you know, it kind of puts a little bit of light to this is what's going to happen with Baby Driver. And so would you say that was Baby Driver in its infancy? Yes. Yeah. Ha, uh, yeah. ha, 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 ha. Um, so Edgar Wright had had the script. He did a like kind of a live cast reading in 2012 with um, different actors. The only actor that actually stayed on from the 2012 casting live casting reading was John Hamm. And John Hamm was a role that wasn't in the script before. Um, John Hamm and Edgar Wright had met each other when John Hamm hosted Saturday Night Live in 2011. And they had a really good relationship, and so Edgar writes like, "Hey, I can write a part for you," and he wrote "Buddy," so which is really kind of cool. Like you have that little snippet. Edgar Wright was also in uh, uh, Last Jedi. Was he? Yeah, he was a, a pilot. Oh, cool! I did not know that. Yeah, it was a quick, quick little thing. You know, everybody likes cameos in Star Wars, so yeah. Um, so you with. The character of Baby, you know, he uses music as his kind of like a coping mechanism, I would say. It's a part of his life. And um, Edgar Wright definitely picked a wonderful person, um, Ansel Edgart, to play um, Baby, or we later find out his real name, um, Miles. Um, You know, he wanted someone who could really work with the music and Ansel is before he got the role he he DJs he writes his own music he produces his own music he's a dancer so you see all those elements as baby in this film yeah when he's turning his um he's like remixing conversations that he records and he's got dozens and dozens of of tapes yep and what's really funny is jamie fox who you know does a lot of music he's kind of the reason why ed sheeran is ed sheeran right now um so ansel jamie fox and i think the producer of the music of the soundtrack 
are all going to be creating a album in the future together, which is going to be crazy, but I think it's going to be great. Um, so you see a huge transformation with baby throughout the film. You know, he is hired by doc who is played by Kevin Spacey as the getaway driver. The reason why, and we do learn, um, is baby successfully (laughs) steals doc's car. We learned that's how he got the job. And, as a way to pay off his debt instead of sending young baby to, you know, juvie or what. Or killing him. Or killing him. Because he is a, a bad gangster man. Bad gangster man. You know, he pays off his debt by being the getaway driver. And, of course, Joseph, his foster stepfather, um, is not happy that he is making dirty money. From- yeah, he takes... We see him, you know, when they divide up the cut. What was it? Like $200,000. Mm-hmm. They divide the cut up. Kevin Spacey takes most of the money, gives him one stack of about ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it says, "You know, after this next one, we'll be we'll be even." He's like, "Oh, I don't have to do this anymore." He's like, "We'll be even." Mm-hmm. And then you know, it turns out that just because they're even doesn't mean that he's done. Yeah. And you know, he keeps telling him, "He's like, oh no, no, we're friends. Friends count on each other, and this and that." And Kevin Spacey finally gets mad at him, tells him, "Stop feeding him lines from Monsters Inc." <laughs> yeah. Um. And you see a real transformation. And I noticed this with after watching this film multiple times in the beginning of the film, you see his clothing like he has like kind of like a Han Solo kind of vest jacket, but his shirt is white. And towards the very end, it's gray. And this is a theory that I produced in my head that, you know, white symbolizes Innocence. innocence. And throughout the film, you know, baby is being put into these situations where you know he is getting a little bit dirtier he's learning what's really truly happening and experience the bad life of being in a gang and being the getaway driver like he has to see what this real life is about like you know he's he's only seen like he's the guy who gets him out of the situation now he's the guy who is seen Seeing the dirty side of he's, everything. He's morally gray. Like, yeah. he's doing bad things, but he's not a bad person. Like, yeah. when he, you know, is escaping the police, mm-hmm. he steals that lady's car, but makes sure he throws her purse to yeah. her. Yeah. You know, like, oh, no, my purse. Or when they steal another car and woman's like, oh, no, my baby. And Jamie Foxx is screaming at him, keep the baby in the car, keep the baby in the car. And he just, like. Takes hand, the baby and hands the baby. Like, he's not a bad person. No. He's put in a situation because he made dumb mistakes when he was a kid. Yeah. And now he's paying for those mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, to he's doing things because he doesn't really have a choice. It's like, being survival of the fittest kind of thing. Yeah, like, he's doing what he has to do in order to maintain not only his uh, health and well-being, but also, also Joe's. Because he tells him, he's like, I won't let anything bad happen Correct. to you. And it, that's a big thing because for Baby, he lost everything with his parents. Um, his mother was a, a beautiful singer um, played by um, Sky Ferreira, who's a beautiful singer and song actress. And he is very, very attached to his mother before the untimely death. The reason why Baby has uh, tendonitis is... Or, did I say that? Tinnitus. Tinnitus, sorry. Is Tendonitis is way different. <laughs> I know. Um, tinnitus because of a car accident. He's got gingivitis. Which um, was caused by 
an argument with his abusive father and it's it's really emotional and really sad because you know his mother influenced the love of music to him and he she was the one who gave him his first ipod which it's funny throughout the film you see baby with different ipods ones with um that's all bedazzled and glitter and rhinestones and he has different playlists for different songs and and they all are on different iPods and it's you know he has different relationships with a lot of the different characters um he's obsessed with the girl Deborah who um is a waitress played by Lily James and he tells her like oh there's songs about you that I think of you and you know she shows him like you know you could have a normal life outside she doesn't really know what he does until at the very end like that he's a getaway driver she knows that he's a driver but you know his relationship he's learning to have a family kind of keeping those close like once he's out of the jam with kevin spacey you know he becomes a pizza delivery driver and you know he uses that skill and he uses the money that he makes with clean money to get a car and try to build a life. And um, we see John Hamm's character with him. You know, they kind of are somewhat relatable. Like, you think John Hamm's going to be a good guy. But he, it's because he's nicer to Baby than Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox is, is. But yeah. Jamie Foxx is like uber asshole. Yeah. And... um. Do you guys have any favorite scenes? Um, uh, I did like the part where he first meets Deborah, and she's wearing the name tag that says Jonathan, and she's like, "Oh, what do you do?" And he's like, "I'm a driver," and she's like, "Oh, you know, you know, do you drive anybody famous? Anybody that I would know?" And he's like, "I hope not," <laughs> like because he doesn't want to be part of that life, you know. How about you, Ashes? Um, the. I really enjoy the opening sequence just because I think it's so much fun. Um, but I really enjoy the interaction between him and um, Joseph. Yeah. You know, Joseph is in a wheelchair. He's disabled. He needs some help getting around. And you know that at one point he was the one caring for baby. But the tables have turned over time and baby is now the one taking care of Joseph. Joseph is the foster father. And um, just the, the interactions and that relationship, I just think is so beautiful in comparison to what baby does, like what his day job is versus his kind of like work life, personal life. And he does a pretty good job for the most part, keeping those two separate uh, until the end where the lines get blurred. Um, but yeah, I love that. And I love the scene where he records them. Well, he takes his recordings and then he makes music out of it. Yeah. Shows him kind of like going to work and, and doing stuff on the side and, and makes that like, was he slow? Like, <laughs> was he slow? Um, I just thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. I like that. Well, it's like what you were just saying. Like, as things get kind of like the lines get blurred, it's like what we were just saying where the... Um, where the, uh, you know, he, he starts off wearing a white shirt when, like, you think he's just, you know, this innocent kid. And then as he moves along, he's, you know, his clothes 
get darker. But even when he's in, uh, you know, the final scenes, he's wearing that all white outfit. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to yeah. ruin it for people. Yeah. When he's in the, those, fi- you know, not final, final, but close to the end, he's wearing, you know, mostly white. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's on purpose. That's the kind of. Um, yeah, it's to to signify that even in this dirty, dirty world that he's a part of, that he entered into on accident. Um, yeah, that's what you I was know, saying. that he's still pure, and uh, I wouldn't say he knows what he's doing is wrong, but he's doing it out of well because he, he's doing it because he has an obligation. Initially, yeah, he has to pay off his debt to Kevin Spacey's character. But I also think he likes what he does i think he likes to drive he wants to do it his way but he loves driving around like he does he loves showing and the off only reason he takes that final job is because he wants to make real money so that he can drive across country yeah no no the only reason he takes the last job is because kevin spacey told him I can either break. He goes i could you know i could tell you that i'll break your legs and kill everyone you love but nah, you already know that so Will you be behind the wheel or in a wheelchair? Yeah. I mean, I know he wants the money, but he's probably got about 120 grand. Yeah. No, you're in that, right. In that right. bag. And, you know, his sweet pizza money. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, his, they were uh, world record. Uh, I was going to say, like, deliveries. he was making some pretty good tips because he got that pizza there pretty freaking fast. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But it was just, it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to call him an anti-hero because, like, that's not really what he is. Like, the Punisher is an anti-hero. Like, he runs around and murders people. This kid is in a situation, um, but he's, you know, I, I, again, like, he's, he's not kind of, a bad guy. He doesn't want to shoot people. Well, I mean, like, he's doing the best with what he's got. Yeah. You know, his parents died. Like, that yeah. sucks. You know, like this life was not the life that he chose for himself. It's something that just happened to him. And even um, like he stole Kevin Spacey's character's car and it had a lot of stuff in the back. Merchandise. Yeah. And and even he sells drugs like they mentioned that because they they talk about how people have like a sinus problem and shit like that. And then um you know, he mentions that clearly the kid didn't realize the value of the stuff that was in the back of the truck because he dumped it. Yeah. Like, he just wanted the Mercedes that he stole. You know, he just wanted the car, um, you know, just, just to just to get by. So that's the debt that he was in the process of, of working off. Yeah, because the other thing is, you know, they call him baby because he's very, very young and, like, you know... Spacey says, like, since he could see over the wheel, he's been stealing cars. Yeah. So he's probably, what would you say, 23, if that? Um, yeah, if that, yeah. if that, yeah. So he's probably been stealing cars since he was, you know, shortly after his, his uh, parents died. Probably. So, and he was about seven. Yeah. I mean, when did iPods come out? 2001. So if it's 2000, well, he'd have to be like 15 at this point. (laughs) He'd have to be like 16. Uh, I don't know how old he actually is. Uh, Well, I don't think they really mention how old he is. Just like you don't learn what his real name is until until the the very, very, very end of the movie. And even then, he's not the one. Oh, he's not the one who says it. No. You know, um, 
Sorry, I should have put a spoiler warning. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm going to say he's probably like... Based on what we see happen at the end, he's at least 18. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, they were drinking alcohol at the restaurant, like... Because he had a beer, so he's at least a 21. I think, he's, I think he's probably 21, 22, 22. years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one of those, like, young enough to get away with it, but old enough to know better, yeah. you know? Yeah, because, I mean, you think about, like, you know, going to what you were saying, like, he took the last job because he didn't have any choice, but he stayed on the job because they, they tell him, like, you know what? Go home. Get out of here. And he's like, no, you need me on this. Yeah. Because he knows that, like, this is what he does. This is how he... How he lives. This is, you know, this is what he, who he is and how he makes a living. But not only that, I think one of the final scenes um, when he's on trial, all of the people who, all of the, the witnesses, you know, uh, giving their testimonies and stuff really had nothing but good things to yeah. say about him. You know, like, yeah, he stole my car, but he was a good kid and he gave me my purse back and he said he was sorry as he was stealing it. You know, it's like he... You don't see a criminal doing that. It's one of those, he didn't have that criminal... He said, sorry, ma'am. Yeah. That's yeah. What She's you know like, what, I mean? what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because, side note, the actress who played that is actually the um, singer for the song B-A-B-Y Baby. In the oh, film. really? That is the act- uh, the real singer song. Actress. Let me try to get her name right you now. You keep calling her a song actress. <laughs> She's a singer. singer. I really like that song. I'm, I'm not a singer. I'm a song actress. <laughs> Lady Gaga would be a song actress. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I know what you're... Th- Singer-songwriter is what you're trying to say. You keep uh, Carla her Thomas, actress. who was the... Uh, older woman who had her car taken and got her purse back is the singer who sings baby baby which is a very popular song between um baby and uh deborah um did you guys have anything else to include well i was just to say i think it's brilliant that they call him baby did you guys already talk about this uh not really how the the they don't know each other's real names. Yeah. <laughs> they have nicknames. Darling so, and Buddy. Yeah. And Bats. Um, and Doc. You know, I think that's brilliant. So calling him Baby. We should have code names. <laughs> we do. <laughs> real code so, names. <laughs> cranky. Okay, so you'd be, you'd be Giggles. Yeah. You'd be Boozy. Boozy. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the the other dwarves. <laughs> um, but no, I just thought that was brilliant. It really kind of went along with their personalities for the most part. And calling him baby definitely separated him from the rest of the criminals that he was working with. It's almost like he's he's a criminal because he's like an accomplice. He's driving the getaway car. But he's not a criminal at the same time because, you know, and... and him. What does Jamie Foxx say? Not Jamie Foxx. John Bernthal say to him, "You don't get into crime without becoming a criminal." Which is funny because Edgar Wright spent a lot of time working to making this very authentic. He worked with, uh, I think his name is Joe. 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 Oh my God, I can't speak. Joe Le- uh, Lloyd. I think that's the name. Who was who recently came out with a book about life as a criminal and was a getaway driver 
And so I know Edgar Wright did a lot of research, making this as authentic as he could with, you know, how did these crimes were committed? What did you have to do? What did you not do? How was everything all sorts? And obviously the person he worked closely with was like, well, I didn't have music. So, but he was didn't have an iPod. Yeah. Well, and I know that um, going back to the whole baby thing, um, when Edgar Wright wanted Ansel Egort to look more stern in scenes, he would call him man driver versus baby <laughs> driver, which I just think is kind of funny, um, you know, going back into how like the name really lends to the character. And, you know, like John Hamm's character is Buddy because for most of the movie, he's... He's your buddy. He's your pal. Be my buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Jamie Foxx um, is batshit crazy. Exactly. Yeah. No, there, there's a purpose for it. But I thought that the kind of like the quarrel between innocence and I'm trying to think of the right madness. <laughs> A competing narrative between the baby's innocence and his desire to do the right thing and his uh, necessity to perform badnesses. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, for a moment there, you were very eloquent. Yeah, I know. You're very eloquent. I was until like I started getting a headache, and I was like, badnesses. <laughs> I'm thinking too much. God damn it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that choral. And, you know, there are times when, um, you know, you see him being very grown up, like mm-hmm. in the scene where he takes his lady friend out to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But then you have scenes where he's definitely more of a, a, a youthfulness, like when he's quoting Monsters, Inc. to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> and he even says, stop quoting Monsters, Inc. to me. We're a team. There's nothing I don't. There's nothing I treasure more than our friendship. <laughs> I think that's the line. It's yeah. something like that. It's you know, it's such a wonderful film, and it's a it's a very complex character. It, yeah, I, I, wait, there's a lot I of layers to it, and I've watched it twice, or I should say one and a half times because <laughs> one in like a quarter. I fell asleep. Um, that's not against the movie. I'm just a really tired person. We didn't um, start until after 10 o'clock. So. Yeah, it was so late and I was so toasty and I just passed out. I had a kitty. It was great. And an electric um, blanket. An electric blanket. I need my electric blanket. Electric mayhem. Nice. So, yeah. I For me, this is probably one of my all-time favorite films, which is a lot to say. For just having the film come out net last year and the number of times I've seen it, like I feel so embarrassed for how many times I've seen it, but it's Don't. it's such a beautiful film. The music is beautiful. You know, Edgar Wright put a lot of heart and soul, and you can definitely feel that in this film. Yeah, Edgar Renteria was really on the ball. For <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually his most successful film since. Um, Scott Pilgrim, I think it's his most successful film in the United States, which is a lot to say. And it's, I, there's, there are talks of maybe a baby driver too. I know Edgar Wright is willing to write it again and uh, write a new script and, and, um, directing it. I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm up for more baby, but I feel like the way that the story ended 
was perfect. Yeah, I don't it, think it that gives this a hap- needs a sequel. The movie does have a happy end. Like, Baby has a happy ending. Um, or at least that's what we're led to believe. Yeah. You know, after some bad stuff happens, yeah. um, he definitely definitely gets his happy ever after. And um, I got... Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. My throat is so dry. Um, you should be sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good throat. Um, bitch. No, I think it's it's nice. It's a cute movie, and I don't mean. Sometimes I hate describing things as cute. Um, it, it's not cute. Like, oh, like that's adorable. Like, mm-hmm. it's. Oh, I give up. Um, it's a cute movie. And it's sweet without being overly saccharine. That's it. It's being recognized. That's it. I know um, Ansel was just nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And that was neither. Was neither. But, um, you know. Bill Skarsgård in the <laughs> historical drama for It. I mean, the editing, the, it, the film is getting a lot of recognition for and a lot of awards for best editing best music best use of music best director oh, yeah. like soundtracks soundtracks and everything like it's such a wonderful movie yeah um on december 5th 2017 Wright confirmed that sony pictures wants a sequel to baby driver made and he plans to write the screenplay for it i hope it's a different story yeah i was just going to say that i hope it's not um the same baby yeah i hope that it's a a different story um teenage driver you know maybe they pick it up with somebody else maybe it's similar characters Mm -hmm. or um you know maybe yeah something i i just hope it's not like a continuation of this because i feel like this is a solid story on its own it's a solid character on its own own with just one movie this character does not need multiple movies i agree um i hadn't been exposed to ansel eggert before yeah he's in the fault of our stars nope that's not him well no just i haven't seen it i haven't seen he was in another movie with hold on let's pull up his Oh, Ansel Elgort. Elgort? Yeah, Elgort. Oh, I've been, I, I you know, apologize. I keep if calling him Ansel Adams. Ansel Adams. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't even talk, to, I didn't even say what was my favorite part of the movie. Um, I There's too many parts of the movie. I really enjoy the scene where they're in the laundromat, where they're learning, um, him and Deborah are learning to kind of understand one another, see who they are. Um, and I really love his scenes with Joseph, his stepfather. So let's see, Ansel, let's see your personal history. He was in the 2013 Carrie. Um, he's in the Divergent series. Crim- Nor- uh, November Criminals. He will be in the Billionaire Boys Club this year. So, he, you know, he is still working the acting routes, but he does a lot of music, which is something he's really known to doing his 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 stage name is Ann Solo. Makes sense. Oh, he's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um he yeah, he's been he's working with a lot of different um people, especially maybe he'll work with um Maddie Berg Storm one day. <laughs> DJ, DJ Storm. Storm. DJ Storm. DJ Storm and Ann Solo. Yeah. Um you know, he still has a 
big career. He's only twenty. He's only twenty three. Yeah, he's only twenty three. And I believe he's also a classically trained dancer. I believe yeah. in ballet. So yeah. a lot of the um, like the rhythmic uh, sp- parts of the movie where he needed to, you know, kind of like parts that were kind of choreographed, yeah. like he was able to nail and and I believe he actually did some of the choreography on his own. Yeah. Um, you know, just able to keep up with the timing and stuff yeah, because of his, his dance background. His actually his high school sweetheart is actually a trained ballerina, which he loves to promote on his Instagram feed. I don't know why I have him on my Instagram feed, but I see him singing and dancing and promoting promoting his music. But you know, he's just a fun character and I mean in general and as baby and um if you haven't seen the film it's highly recommended go it's out it's probably in Redbox. it's on on the amazon prime and dvd it's a great film so yeah we we bought it and uh put it on the the voodoos and um so anything else, you guys? Anything yeah, about? I think uh, you should definitely go see the uh, movie and uh, buy it, stream it uh, on any of the And pick up the services. soundtrack because yeah. it's pretty freaking awesome. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful soundtrack. So, well, on that note, we will be, we're going to take a break. We will come back. We've got battles again. Um, is there science? There is science. Is there There's one? always science, and the more science please, you know, the more science you see. Please turn your volume down a little bit. Over no. <laughs> will there I be have wine? Two. There's always wine. See? Okay, wine so I will have to scramble to get files. So stay tuned. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad hags. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal. And they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. Patrick Ray Hall. 
in the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayho in the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayho in the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayho in the motherfucking house. Oh yeah. Well, so we're back now, as you can tell. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the uh, baby driver discussion. If you did, uh, zip yourself down on over to iTunes. Give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. You know, give us a, a nice rating on uh, Stitcher, Satchel, wherever you uh, like to listen to podcasts. Let Edgar Wright know that we talked about his movie. Edgar Wright. And, uh, yeah, tweet at Edgar Wright. Tell him to listen to the show. And same with Ansel. And Ray Park. Like, one day, <laughs> Ray Park was on the I, I swear to God we're going to get Ray Park on here one day. Like, that is, you know, that's my new, that's my resolution for this year. We're going to get Ray Park. Uh, I am trying really hard to get Ray Park on the show. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to concentrate on that. I also need to concentrate on writing more comic book reviews. As some of you know, I do write for Shoot the Breeze comics, but I've been lacking lately. But uh, it's I a new get year. Back in, so. I, gotta, I gotta get back into that. Um, but uh, I think you also need to take your wife out more. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <sighs> yeah, I know she's so demanding. She called me. We talked. Yeah. See, and this is why I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault. I know. It's your wife's fault. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> um, I need to sleep more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is... Yeah. So, this week, I know we've kind of been getting out of our usual routine. We've all been kind of disheveled by the holidays and being sick and crazy weirdnesses going on. But uh, we do have our, our stuff back. This year, the I mean, battles are back. Yeah, we got bottles and battles. That's that should be the name of this end segment: bottles and battles, because we talk about <laughs> battles and science. bottles. But no, we have uh, we have science facts. We have uh, wine facts. Do we have Agent Nicole files this week? Yes. Oh my God, we have the trifecta. We have three things in a row. So uh, mine's gonna be shit. Do so we want to? Ta- what do we want to talk about first? We well, do I think it's time to throw down the battle. All right, yeah. let's throw down the battle. You, are you ready? Yes. Three, two, three, three, two, one. one. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, two one. one. It's, it's a, a motherfucking throwdown. Throw oh, see, we still got it. See, we should we should get that. Like we should like record that, but like with music and a bit like. Do we want a banjo? I don't know. It could be a banjo. It could be a harpsichord. Could be a kazoo. A sitar. Cowbell. You play air sitar. But, I got uh, a fever. <laughs> we just need we need some sort of like riff. We should have Ansel do it. <laughs> yeah, Ansel, if you're out there, we could use just like a quick riff, like four seconds, so they can say that over that. Please um, and thank you. I love you. And Edgar Wright and Ray Park. Yeah. Um, if anybody knows Ray Park, like, oh my god, Jenny knows Ray Park. Jenny, Jenny, no, Jenny, <laughs> get me Ray's number. Thank you, Jenny. I love your hair. It looks awesome. Get me Ray's number. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, what do we got for a battle I was like, week? can I introduce the battle now? Jesus Christ. Uh, are you going to keep talking? Are you going to introduce the battle? Oh, my spur to God. I'm going to fucking put your 
Um, so this week we have what we are calling our Daredevil Drive debacle. We have Baby from Baby Driver versus the driver from Ryan Gosling's Drive versus Frank Martin from the Transporter, who is Jason Statham. Jason Statham. That was Statham. Yeah, it is, but I was pronouncing it phonetically. Or Patrick. Um. On Rainbow Road. Yeah, Rainbow <laughs> Road Mario Kart. This is a Mario Kart battle. So who do you think would win? Baby from Baby Driver, the driver from Drive, or Frank Martin from Transporter? I think we, like, I could just... I, Mar, I know what. We know Mars's pick is Ryan Gosling. Yeah, well, I know the the right answer, so I know who I'm picking. And I know but, who I'm uh, picking. Go ahead. Uh, that's our that's our battle. So Rainbow Road, Mario Kart, uh, all of the power ups are uh, are in play. Bananas, uh, fake boxes, shells. Go banana. Um, everything, everything is in play. So. Oh my god! I'm gonna make this graphic tonight. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, that sounds like you're writing an erotic friend am, fiction. Oh fuck! I got a text message. Um, no. Erotic I'm going fiction? to make a graphic picture. I bet you are. Part of your erotic it's friend be fiction. so graphic. It's going to be so sexy. Oh, my God. Okay, so. Science Queso, fact. Yeah. Do you Wolfie, got one? My music, please. From the blackness of space. Timeless from the void. You terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> All right, so today's science factoid. Uh, today, it's uh, it's kind of a sad science fact. Uh, as many of you know, we have been getting just absolutely annihilated with awful, awful cold weather. And it's not just affecting us. Uh, it's been affecting... Uh, the animals out in real life. And one of the animals it's been affecting is the thresher shark uh, off the coast of the Cape. People. Because the temperatures have been dropping so low, uh, thresher sharks need roughly 44 degrees. It's like their their threshold of uh, how they can stay warm. Uh, many of them have been found frozen to death, uh, washed up on Cape Cod beaches. And Cape Cod, as you know, is very close to where we are here in Massachusetts, where Ashes and I go for our uh, vacation each year for our anniversary. And uh, it's very sad uh, because I like the sharks. So my um, my solution to the freezing shark problem is what we should do is we all go out to the Cape. We each grab a uh, shark and we snuggle with them and keep them warm so they don't die. So that's my my thought, um, if anybody else has a solution, uh, like an instant solution, please let me know, because uh, I would be willing to try it, because, you know, when seeing the the sharks dying because of the uh, super cold temperatures, it makes me sad, so... Uh, Is that really your science fact? Go hug sharks? Fact. Hug sharks <laughs> So you're going to talk about cold. Minge, no, that's what you said was... last week. No, uh, yes. Uh, also, minge is a British slang term for a vagina. Uh, but steer clear of shark minge because that's dangerous. 
So that would be the science fact this week. That's the most oh unsciencey science fact ever. The fact that the sharks are dying because of the temperature because it's too far below. <laughs> yes, I saw cats too far below their their threshold of 44 degrees. So, so what does that do to? That's due to the bomb cyclone. I wish I had like a dun dun dun. Well, I was going to say coo. that's due to climate change. Climate thanks change to global warming. Yes. Contrary to I know it. I know there are some people that think it's a hoax perpetrated by the uh, Chinese, but uh, it's not. Turns out bomb cyclones say, are real, and so is uh, super coldnesses. Contrary to popular belief, global warming does not just affect warmness. It doesn't only heat up the earth. It also affects the climate. And that is one of the reasons why we've been having ridiculously cold weather throughout the United States. The jet stream, the warm water that would normally be bringing the warm air because it's getting so cold with the polar ice caps are melting, which is lowering the ocean temperatures to below 44 degrees and it's killing all the thresher sharks so how can you at home help prevent climate change and global warming you can start by looking at ways to reduce your carbon footprint so i'm sure maybe we can post some articles Mm -hmm. on the throwdown thursday how you can help at home um recycling changing your diet i try not Uh, to walk through carbon carpooling um Mm -hmm. you know multiple ways small changes that you can do at home to help global warming and climate change yes save the rainforest save everything saved my life (laughs) (laughs) save wine because you know what happens you know what's gonna happen it's gonna get too fucking cold and all of the grapes are going to get frosty, and We're they're going to die. Slushy. We're seeing that at Wegmans. We went to Wegmans last night, to, or the other night, to get to get food, and they were they had signs up about a lot of their produce they don't have because the cold is affecting the the grapes and the fruits in Florida. It snowed in Florida. My mom's going to Florida. Oh wait, my mom is in the Iron Lady. No, that, the Island. Yeah, so back. the grapes are going to get frosty. They're not going to be able to to ripen to their full extent. They're going to die. They're not going to be able to be fermented, which means no wine, which means a very unhappy ashes. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm kind of like the Hulk. So, yeah. yeah she turns green and rips her pants. <laughs> Great. So speaking of wine, I received some of the best presents in the world this Christmas, and it was—they were the gifts of of the drinking kind. Wine. I received a lot of wine, and it was great. And Agent Nicole actually gifted me with a wine that I've never tried before. And it was 
fucking good. So good that I'm going to give it its own spot on my show. Ooh. Yes. So I'm talking about, it's a Spanish wine. It's called La Maldita Garnacha. So uh, traditionally, Garnacha has been the second most planted grape variety through Rioja. The difficulty associated with producing high-quality garnacha in Rioja has left locals referring to the grape as La Maldita, which means little cursed one. Due to low yields and a lack of profitability, a majority of growers have chosen to uproot their vineyards and replant them with less demanding varietals, which means different kinds of grapes. Uh, This wine aims to celebrate that heritage and uh, provide outstanding um, oh, prove, excuse me, that outstanding garnacha can be made in Rioja. These grapes are sourced from old vine, high altitude vineyards planted on pure gravel soils. Now, this wine was absolutely delicious. I've never tried it before. It's obviously a red blend. It is incredibly fresh and fruit forward with notes of strawberries, tart cherries, spring flowers, and loamy soil undertones in a medium-bodied, pure format. It has vibrant acidity and silky tannins that allows this red to be, has um like an easy, it's easy drinkability and goes down smoothly. Um, it's aged predominantly in stainless steel barrels for three to four months and it was so good it was so good it was a very delicious red blend um i think patsy ended up getting a sip of it because i was like oh this is good here try this he's like oh this is really good i'm like yeah you're not having anymore it's all mine when i was looking for wine for you i was gonna go go i was gonna go go i was going to get Apothic, and I was like, no, like, I know she loves Apothic, but I really wanted to try something different. So I was looking around with at Wegmans with the Iron Lady because my mom had to get some um, wine for her bosses, and she doesn't drink. So I'm telling her, get this wine, get that one. She's like, how do you know? And I was like, don't worry about it. Just get, <laughs> just get this one, get that one. Don't worry about and it. And so I saw the bottle and I was just like, it's totally ashes. Like, it's just, it just screams like, buy me, come get me. And it was pretty. So I I had to get it for you. It was absolutely, like, thank you so much. You're it's welcome. one of the, it's actually one of my favorite wines that I've had recently. And I've tried several Yay. different new wines recently. And some of them will actually be featured on my Von Nightmare Vineyards uh, section um, at later dates. But yeah, it was absolutely delicious. Oh, so thank you so much. I plan welcome. on picking up some more. Absolutely. And um, I usually stick with like uh, either California wines. And I also love Italian wines. But I forget that Spain produces Really good wine. So thanks for that reminder. You're welcome. Anytime. And I guess it's time for my shit. (laughs) Nicole. Is it Nicole? kept getting I'm getting like hammered up with hand pictures from Stephanie Wiley um anyways so um new year new stuff 
Netflix has been my best friend recently because it is fucking cold outside and I don't have a furnace. So I am getting all toasty and warmed up. Snuggle sharks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're too far away. I don't want to go snuggle with some sharks. But um, so Netflix has some really great stuff. A lot of great comedy specials lately. I feel like they're just like upping the comedy uh, love for everything and um, they're definitely expanding a lot of comedians who a lot of people might not know of or you know they kind of know and they're giving them their own specials and recently this actually happened to me um, last, last episode I talked about a comedian Russell Howard and he has been featured on um, the Big Fat Quiz Show that Ashley and I uh, know really well, and he's he's not bad looking, but that's not the reason why I picked his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, he recently just came out in November to 2017. Russell Howard's recalibrated, and he really talks. He's he's a funny guy. He's really funny. He really makes you laugh, and he talks about situational humor that happened in his life and you know he talks about politics obviously he talks about the political problems that are happening in America but also in England and he talks about you know he talks about the negative stuff but he always puts a positive twist to it and it's just he's just really funny and if you're looking for a new comedian to really um, kind of try out he's definitely one that I recommend I felt really hard for him he's just really funny and he's great and he's hilarious and he he tells the truth and he just gives you like he's very spunky i would say he's just very lively and he's in your face but he's 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 funny so if you have time an hour or two or an hour and a half go check out on netflix russell howard recalibrated so that's all i got that's it? That's it. Unreal. That was like on a whim, really quickly, trying to find a files. For some, why, for some reason, I was going to change it to Nicole's Netflix, but that ain't going to happen. Nicole Flix? Nicole Flix, yeah. That's, could, that could be really dangerous. Nicole? No call. Nick Flix. Nick Flix. Hey, I like that. Maybe we should just change it to Nick Flix. That's, you know what? I'm going to go with that. So you're never going to do comic books, books, or anything else? You're just going to do movies? Well, she can have... Or it could be Nick Picks. Nick- Ooh, Ooh, there you go. There, you know, I'm changing it. We're going to call it Nick Picks <laughs> now. <laughs> you're going to call it Picnic. It does sound like Dick Picks, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably hey, even better. Hey, hey. <laughs> Tell Stephanie to keep sending you more oh, John Hamm She just pictures. went to <laughs> Idris Alba, too. Oh, well. Oh, wait, hey. No. Oh, is it getting hot in here? The Idris... Oh. Elbow, what? Oh, oh, that's what you <laughs> Oh, Jesus. You freaking people. <laughs> Excuse me. The vapors. Unbelievable. You're sleeping on the lawn tonight. <laughs> yeah. You have to put me there. So? She's feisty. She's feisty. feisty. Fight me! <laughs> Oh, Sandy. If you guys don't know Sandy, you should, because that's what she says all the time, just like that. She's adorable. She's so not a doorbell. Next week, Nobody knows. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe we should talk we about what might be coming up. No, what is coming up? Some surprises in store. Ray Park. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dude, if I can get Ray Park on here. We will also be having a Black Panther episode in, uh, right before the It'll movie come out drops. The day before the movie comes out. Um, so there's that to look forward to. We also still have our fundraiser going on. Speaking so. of fundraiser, uh, Heck Razor comes out soon. I don't want to, I don't want to swear. Uh, oh, really? Heck Razor comes out. When is that, uh, February 5th? Thir- 13th. 13th. Okay. Yeah, I will see that even though the last one was just Garbage. so not good at all. Garbage. But I will Why see it anyway. Heck Razor? We've said a lot of bad things already. No, I don't want to swore. Because it's bad, and you'll go to H-E-C-K. Well, we haven't done a... Ass! <laughs> we haven't done a Pinhead episode, have we? We we haven't done a oh, Lead Cenobite episode. a fun episode. I do enjoy Pinhead. Well, we'd have to watch all nine movies, which, fortunately, we own. Yeah, so much <laughs> you might want to stop at the first few. <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen it. Hey, you got a young Adam Scott in in uh, his film debut in the third one. Doesn't mean it's good. Uh, <laughs> well, half of it takes place in space, and the other half takes okay. place in the past. We've of established. It takes place in space. <laughs> we've established this though. When a horror franchise go to goes to space, you know, you no good car. will come of it. Uh, six the, no. more, seven more sequels came after it. He gone beyond. Did Hellraiser ever go in the hood yet? No, but Leprechaun <laughs> went twice. They went to the it hood. Went, it was so space, good they went back. Then back. <laughs> well, at least Hellraiser is actually about Hellraiser as opposed to Troll Two, which was about goblins. Okay, so I guess we're gonna do a Pinhead episode soon. Yeah, uh, we have the book too. We have actually we have Scarlet Gospels and uh, Hellbound Heart. Because that's part of uh, the resolution to read more. So, yes. might not finish Scarlet Gospels because that's over four hundred pages. Um, but not with that attitude. There's anybody out there that <laughs> wants to? Uh, I know El Goro just has uh, just uh, recently got a book that uh, I also have on Kindle: uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Servants of Hell, which is Sherlock Holmes and Hellraiser crossover, which I think would be interesting. I love Sherlock. Yeah, and you love hell, so like you could do both. I live in it. But uh, I don't know. I think, do we have anything? We don't know what we're doing next week, so stay tuned. It's a secret. <laughs> I mean, we have plans. We are so well organized. But stay you tuned. It's a secret. You ruined it. You ruined it. You know, here I am trying to hype it up. <laughs> Give us some time because we have some stuff in the works. It's just not... Fully Next week, fleshed out Ray yet. Park and Edgar Wright. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, we will, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.